All right, here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 269. Today's topic is GDPR and WordPress, what you need to know. Let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Mr. Markowski, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Dave Markowski. I am the uh, account manager slash project manager for Pixel Jar. We are a boutique web development agency. We make plugins too. Nice, man. Good to have you on. What about you, Mr. Jason Cosper? Uh, I'm not Jason Cosper. I'm Say Reed. I teach WordPress, preach WordPress. <laughs> uh, no, I'm Jason Cosper, and I'm the senior performance engineer over at Liquid Web. I got it right this week. Yay! Woohoo! We didn't go through your resume. That was awesome. Oh my goodness, another Jason. All right, Jason number three. Jason Jason number three. Uh, My name is Jason Wendell. I uh, am a front-end developer. I do freelance and have my own business called Flying Donut Media. I'm also, I guess, will consider myself a WordPress developer uh, as of the past couple of years. And I also help Jason Tucker uh, co-lead the Whittier WordPress Meetup. Woohoo! Awesome. Leo, what about you? Uh, hi guys, I'm Leo. I'm a consultant for XWP. Uh, I do all kinds of things. Sometimes I do design things. Sometimes I do engineering things. Sometimes I do GDPR. Uh, I generally try to understand, talk, and navigate WordPress, which is a complicated space uh, for everyone involved. And hopefully, we make it less complicated as we do what we do. No doubt, no doubt at all. Russ, what about you? Uh, my name is Russell. I do support at WebDev Studios, and if this whole GDPR thing doesn't uh, pan out, I'm moving to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to work for a paper company. <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, maybe uh, net you a couple dundies. At least that industry's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say steel mill. <laughs> Right. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. And I do another show here on WP Watercore Network. It's called WP Blab. We record on Thursdays at 7 o'clock Pacific. Feel free to go come by and take a look at that. And um, this next week, if I remember correctly, they're doing community connections. And I don't remember who it is that they're interviewing, but you should definitely go take a look at that and check it out over on our website. I'm not prepared. Come on, Dave. I'm not prepared. You're laughing at me over there. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so we're going to talk about this very light, very, uh, very simple topic of GDPR. It's going to you essentially just install a plugin and you're good to go, right? I mean, that's that's it. You, you just <laughs> yeah. make sure you put all your all your pieces of paper in one little box and you never open it again. And I, I, and you're good I to thought go, right? we were I thought we were adding the GDPR to the customizer. I thought it was a thing like that. <laughs> that's why George isn't here. He's like, he's working on that right now. You, uh, you actually contact GoDaddy. They put a little button at the bottom of your website, and it says that you're GDPR compliant. It says, "Oh, you have a cookie. Here, here's another cookie. Click here to accept my cookies." I actually now, just got now, I just got Jason Tugger's newsletter about it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> to to fill the Steve Zengert role, uh, Wikipedia defines GDPR <laughs> <laughs> as an EU regulation. Uh, a law on data protection and privacy for all individuals within the European Union. And when does it go into effect, Jason? <laughs> it was adopted on April 27th, 2016, and it becomes enforceable May 25th, 2018. Knocking on the Bully. door, man. Well, that's Bully. just a little over a month away. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it, there is a two-year transition period, however. This is, cool. This is oh, good. there's always a two-year period. So, so uh, how's that been looking for for the WordPress community? That two-year transition period. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, well, that's barely, barely hearing about it, right? I was just going to say, is, is that what we've, we've been in the two-year transition period, right? The two, 2016 to 2018? I mean, to be frank, it seems like the vast majority of people who are thinking about GDPR haven't really been thinking about GDPR in a way that is serious enough uh, up until maybe six months ago, which is terrifying. So the Fortune 500 companies who are investing a million dollars in GDPR are doing this, you know, rapidly now, but they're also watching, you know, they're watching the walls, you know, when Facebook announces its GDPR plan and when Google announces its GDPR plan, when Amazon announces its GDPR plan, when Apple announces its GDPR plan, which by the way, none of those have happened yet, the big four, when that finally happens, you're going to see a lot more of how people might respond to, you know, data and the whole craziness. Cause it's, there is so much information about us out in the ecosystem that we don't really understand what they're going to want to do and how they're going to shift their business models because it's going to have a major financial impact on how these companies work with data. Well, we're all still using IPv4, so it's not like we, we were scared that we're running out of IP addresses and then we were like, eh, you know what, whatever. We'll just do a little bit of a translation here between the two and and you're wondering, why is my IP address a bunch of like numbers with colons in between it? I don't <laughs> understand what the heck's going on here. I thought it was just like, you know, four number, four sets of numbers and... You know, but it's like this sort of thing. It's like, yeah, we haven't figured out a way to like actually be able to transition from one thing to another, unless it's something like, uh, you know, like 3G, 3G versus like 4G LTE or something like that, where everybody's just like, you know what, you want a new cool phone, here's your new cool phone and make it happen. So like, how are we supposed to navigate this? And how is it that if we're looking at these, you know, the bigger companies within the space, no one's actually even, you know, doing this type of migration or doing this type of transition? Well, to be frank, there are people doing this migration work. There are people who are talking about this. And uh, I've actually prepared a deck. I've done some work to, to come here. I know oh this is gosh. crazy, but I, uh, I, I, I care about the topic. Is this uh, a, as a, a, water cooler, a water cooler first? <laughs> this is a water cooler first. We're essentially going to WordCamp right now. It's going to be pretty awesome. Well, okay. Unlike a WordCamp, if you guys want to throw questions at me while I present and make fun of my deck, <laughs> Like I give you complete permission to do so because at the end of the day, I want people to care about this. I want people to understand that this is a big deal. So, and you guys have some good perspectives. You're, you all are very smart. So feel free to uh, shoot down my presentation. So <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, okay. man. Let's make this happen. All right, let's see. Sharing my screen. Jimmy, I think what's, what's really interesting about Leo's approach to this is he's, he's very positive about what protections this this new regulation provides and why it's a really good thing. Whereas I think myself included, uh, uh, many people are uh, worried about the legal ramifications, what this is gonna mean to them for running their website and running websites for their clients, right? Definitely. Yeah, especially, especially I think that last part, the, the running for clients part, that's that makes me fairly nervous because I can guarantee that all my clients have no idea about this. They've never heard about it. They don't know anything about it. And so, and there's, and I have a few clients that like, you know, they've, that's, I've built something, I built a site for them and handed it over and they're now they're kind of running it. And, and so I'm trying to figure out, okay, where's my part to play in all this as a developer? To, Cause I want to be responsible. I don't want to leave my clients hanging. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, like it's 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 a lot of work, and how do I how do I not just spend weeks and weeks on this, uh, and and like you know, do do I have to start charging my clients I, to help I, take I over? I feel the 
I feel the same way about it. Like I have a contribution to my code that I put out in the world. And like, like if you're telling me I have to go fix all that, like I've written a lot of code, like what am I going to have to do? Like, am I going to get charged for this? Like, yeah. Uh, over something like, like I think we all feel that way. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot, a lot of solutions to this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the people who know about GDPR, uh, like once you finally know about it, it's kind of, uh, I found people become a little, a little terrified of it. So, uh, <laughs> so let's all get terrified together. Shall yeah. We? Leah, start scaring us. Let's see what we can do here. Okay. So I, I have a lot of slides, so I'm going to try to be as brief as possible to dive into some of the more nuts and bolts, like pragmatic stuff about how we actually address this stuff. So feel free to focus on that and not so much on the background stuff, because I think there's a lot of resources out there already that talk about what GDPR is. Um, but I think the key bit here is what, you know, what's happening in WordPress. And so GDPR is coming, as we already mentioned, it's going to happen way sooner than you think. Um, you all know a little bit about me. Um, the one thing I just want to make sure I call it here is I'm also an organizer for WordCamp Orange County and WordCamp LA, which I know we'll, we'll definitely have topics around GDPR as well at both of those awesome WordCamps out here in sunny Southern California. Um, I also helped uh, with one of my, my, one of my colleagues, Brendan Woods, uh, who lives out in Australia, also helped me uh, on this topic as well. Very awesome guy. And he and I are not lawyers. This is not legal advice. This is just guidance. You should figure out this with real lawyers who get paid a lot more money than I do, who went to law school. Um, and ideally, you know, we can dive into some of the more fun stuff. So uh, this survey was done back in 2016. Uh, at that time, the U.S. was doing pretty well in data trust. Uh, only 48% of the people in the United States said that, country, that, that companies are going to misuse their data. Um, and in higher in other countries, too. So in France, 62% of people uh, actively believe that, that companies are going to misuse their data. So GDPR kind of rises from the ashes of, of like some really hardcore data problems. And like this is way before some of the more hardcore breaches, like Yahoo, uh, or like just right actually during Yahoo, I think, and right before Facebook and Equifax and some of the other sort of more extreme examples of data breaches. Yeah, which uh, which of those countries is Facebook? I mean, definitely Facebook's a country, right? <laughs> it's got enough people to be its own country. Like I never uh, get to talk to somebody's uh, somebody's uh, talk here, so it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> So GDPR tries to address some of this stuff, uh, and this is a couple key things here, May 25th, and it's in addition to the old cookie laws. So if you've been doing internet stuff for forever, this is on top of what already exists, and cookie laws are going to get overhauled, and they're going to get weird and wild. So um, it's, uh, is like it's a, a couple... double, Is that like a double opt-in cookie law now? Like, what are we going to have, what are, what are we going to see with that? I mean, well, that has you, to be... You, you have to opt... Setup. You have to opt it on the newsletter, but not opt it on this other thing, and like make sure you like download the app. That's what's going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a, a slide way back toward the end of this that that shows an example of explicit consent because right. that's really where where you know we're after. Like we want users to trust us, but to do that, we have to make sure that they understand that data that's going on. Um, and ideally, when we have a data breach, we're not losing anything because we never had anything to begin with. You no, know, like you can't burn down a house that doesn't exist. So uh, this is where I think like we as agencies and we as people who work with agencies uh, should really try to think about this. It's like we can help people you know, reduce the amount of legal exposure and data exposure. We as agencies can become experts to help people navigate on data. And ideally, we can change the entire world and ideally come out of this doing things better. Um, and I wanted to call out a couple of things, but the, the big buzzword that people keep using is designed by privacy or designed for privacy. So we need to think about how to do things better than we've ever done them before. 
Um, and I'm also gonna, you know, rep my friend uh, Morton, who's awesome. He's talking a lot right now about ethical design, uh, about how we can think about ethics and what we do at, at every part of different pieces. Uh, he also just published a really great article on um, Smashing Magazine, which gets into a lot of the details about how to do this. There's also the Ethical Design Manifesto, which is a really great example of how to do this um, and can influence this way beyond GDPR. Um, but we don't necessarily have to do bad things. Okay, so here's the scary part. Uh, if you break the rules, like, and you have a major breach and you have data that you're not supposed to have and you're processing stuff and really, really bad scenarios, for example, like Facebook, who is processing all kinds of information that its users didn't have, et cetera, and it got some version of a breach or hack, depending on how you want to describe what's happened with Cambridge Analytica, they would be probably liable for the extreme 4% of uh, total uh, global output uh, or 20 million euro, whatever is higher. And I don't know about you guys, but I definitely don't have 20 million euros. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that um, in reading the text here again, they they do have it written as <laughs> they do have it written as um, up to four percent or 20 million euros. So up to. wow. Well, the the reality is we have no idea what's going to happen with the law. But we do know that they're going to make examples of people. And if I had to guess, if I were reading the weather, if I put my finger, a wet finger out into the wind to determine what direction things are going to go, one of the big four is going to get caught. So I mentioned the four at the top of the, this talk. Um, and there's a really great book of, uh, called The Big Four that describes the relationship and their data flows and their business models. Like this is, this is not a, a secret. But they're not exactly all good data stewards. Um, I'm not going to call out which ones aren't. Um, you can definitely read all about that elsewhere. Um, but there is definitely some concerns about this. Um, and I believe that like we as a, as a society, we as an open source community, we can advocate on behalf of this concept. right? So we need people to become good data stewards. We need people to think about good data practices. And realistically, like I don't think it has to be that hard. So if you're going to take one thing away from this podcast, it's literally this screen. This is what you should screenshot. This is what you should think about. This is what you should memorize. And this is what you should be talking to people about. So forget all the rest of the stuff. This is the stuff that matters the most. So you shouldn't be getting data without consent. You shouldn't have data without consent. You shouldn't give data to someone else without consent of the original person whose data that belongs to them. You shouldn't use data without consent. If you lose data, especially sensitive data, you're going to get in trouble. And if you lose data, you need to tell people. Some really basic stuff, but that's really what GDPR is about. And I'm actually surprised it's taken this long for GDPR to get to a public uh, stage. Because to me, like this should be the law like in every country, in every part of the world, at some level. And I think GDPR has some really complicated details. Uh, it isn't perfect, especially around the concepts of erasure and removal. Like It gets really, really hard to do right. So for example, if someone's going to sue you, uh, they can just say, hey, like, David Margowski, I don't like Pixel Jar. Can you remove all of my data? And all of a sudden, you lose your entire data asset. And you can say, "Well, I'm now going to sue you." Well, how do you go to court with no information that you you know don't have? Like this is this has got some really important use cases that we don't really have answers to yet. Uh, but as a whole, I think this is the right thing moving forward. And this is going to be an interesting way, an uh, interesting thing to be able to kind of navigate, especially with the sense of you know session having sessions, having cookies, having all sorts of different ways of kind of collecting data and using it in a very kind of uh, almost like a, in the middle of moving data around to be able to kind of figure out where a person is in, in place on your site. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the, and, 
And, and think about what this means for uh, folks like our friends at uh, Cambridge Analytica. Oh, I'm getting there. I'll go you one better. Think about your contact, uh, your contact management software, like your phone book on your phone. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't want to get to too much of the weeds, but the one thing I want to call out about personal data that uh, GPR definitely does include are things like email addresses, cookies, and IP addresses. And so people are, are pretending that these things don't really matter, but they do. Information is about people, and people need to have their data protected. So um, I, I also think that the key piece here is that personal data can also be things that are um, deeper, right? So for example, if I asked, uh, if I ask Dave what your t-shirt size is and Jason uh, what your dietary restrictions are, I could have religious and biometric data uh, inversely as a result. And so sometimes we're collecting information that may reveal deeper amounts of information that actually is even more liable than just an email address. And that's a really complicated thing. And we actually need to think about, you know, privacy and information and transparency as a company-wide or a, a agency-wide or a client-wide or an industry-wide conversation. Everything that we do has to think about these things, which means a lot of the internet marketing people that don't care about this stuff, uh, as someone who works in internet marketing and has worked in internet marketing, like this is what I am going to come after you with. This is the new thing that we need to think about, is how do we stop doing what we did wrong for so many years? Because we don't have to, and we shouldn't. Uh, so. But the, uh, the big piece I want to focus on is around processing data, and I'm about to get into some fun stuff. So uh, robots do things. They like break things, and they sometimes don't work the way we expect them to. But they work with all kinds of things. So I mentioned a little bit about direct business communications. So if you're using CRMs, if you do some marketing stuff, maybe remarketing with Facebook, if you do lookalike targeting and profiling, especially psychographic profiling in the world of Cambridge Analytica, you're going to have to think about the issues around here a lot. So we as website owners and admins use and collect data all day long. We design interfaces around this stuff. And we work with direct and indirect data. Um, the real piece here is we don't generally talk about what's in our database. We don't necessarily think about what's in our database. And so we have responsibilities for every one of our clients, every one of our websites to do an impact assessment and understand what's actually in our, our network of things. And if you don't, like regardless of wherever you live and regardless of what your customers are, you probably have a, a, a level of exposure that can open yourself up to a lawsuit uh, or potential problems down the line. Um, wow. Crazy stuff, I think. Uh, yeah. Huh, are, you guys are all freaking out, right? I mean, I, I, I don't even run a WooCommerce you know, site. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm never going to sell a thing on the internet ever again. <laughs> Every single plugin developer using Word, uh, WooCommerce extensions really needs to make sure that things like escaping and sanitizing needs to be cleaned up. Because I let me tell you, like I, I just did a brief assessment of a site that I used to work on. I was looking, I, I no longer manage the site, but I, you know, I have a local copy. I don't have a live database. I don't have customer information, but I still have the the repo. And I was just curious, like what of their extensions that I know are still being used are sanitized and escaped? Well it turns out that there's all kinds of cross-site scripting errors. So think about GDPR also as a vulnerability. The front door to get into some of these WooCommerce sites are is wide open. So GDPR is also about breach. If you don't follow the rules, you're going to have some really bad hacks of people that we need to protect. Man, we're getting into like almost HIPAA type type uh, stuff here, where we're going to have to worry about how the data is stored within the servers and which type of servers you're using and who your web hosts are. Web hosts. I mean, there's all sorts of different kind of crazy oh. things to deal with here. Totally. It gets uh, web hosts, for example, you, there's going to be new requirements for EU web hosts. 
uh, that require a certain level of trust. Um, so there's a really great talk that I just saw posted um, from WordCamp Belfast about the 10 fails of GDPR. Uh, it's well worth watching. And they get into some of the politics of how US hosts are going to have to go through a certain level of certification to be able to host EU data, which is awesome, to be honest, wow. because yeah. people don't do it right. Is that awesome, Jason? Cosper? <laughs> Jason's going crap. Why am I on the show? <laughs> uh, so personal data, I, I just want to call this out. There are there are benefits to personal data that make it good. There are benefits that you know make it easy to use data, but also like you get manipulated, and I think manipulation is a scary bad thing. Uh, War as as Napoleon Bonaparte says is ninety percent information, and we have people who manipulate information, who use information in ways we don't expect to. You know, you took a personality profile through a university and all of a sudden uh, your data is being used to, you know, rig elections in the Czech Republic and St. Kitts and Nevis and the United States. You know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I had a slide in the original version of this talk that got into some of the more like complicated pieces here. But like this is a problem with every application that we use. If you've got apps on your phone, if you're using websites, if you're working with someone who does any kind of marketing to you, Chances are they're trying to use your data and sell your data. So, um, and this isn't always by explicit consent. So, for example, like I didn't choose to have my information leaked by Equifax, but I'm a victim of it, and I, I don't have a choice. I'm definitely part of this. I know that my identity has a high chance of getting stolen. Um, I know Uber, for example, after I uninstalled them, uh, still track my information. This is part of the world in which we live in, and it gets even worse than that. Like if if y'all y'all aren't scared of data breaches. Yahoo, every single Yahoo account ever has been hacked. Um, <laughs> you know, also Target and Home Depot, Adult Friend Finder, all kinds of places that, you know, are really weird. Uh, Ashley Madison that, a few years ago, that was crazy. That last one is the one that I was really worried about, actually. The adult Friend Finder, yeah. 412 <laughs> million people. It's actually a really big deal, right? So think about all the people who might have accidentally exposed themselves in their weird affairs. Quite literally. Yeah, figuratively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, what so, about my Flickr? <laughs> your Flickr was hacked. Um, but I, I want to introduce you to my little friend here. He's really cute. Um, he's an elephant because there's an elephant in the room that like a lot of people I've talked to like don't understand, which is that like we as Americans actually probably have to worry about this. So every one of our American word camps where they're like, no, I'd rather talk about Beaver Builder than GDPR. You need to tell them to stop. <laughs> this is more important. This is a lot more important. Um, so data subjects is the term they're using. Uh, it doesn't really matter where the companies are, but if you're working with EU data, you're working with people who are in the EU, you're going to have this as a concern. Um, and I tried to outline a little bit of this. And this is really, really the weakest slide here. I've tried to give them the most amount of information. But in, in all honesty, this is where you're going to want to contact a lawyer and understand whether you're part of this whole web of things, which is if you're definitely working with EU data and selling to EU customers, you're 100% GDPR responsible. If you're a WooCommerce store, for example. Um, also, if you actively block EU traffic, if you're paying for a service to do that, and you don't collect data as a, as a philosophy and or you don't collect data as a philosophy, you probably don't have to worry about GDPR. You can just end this conversation and we'll talk to you later. But if you are somewhere in the weird gray area, maybe you write about uh, Europe, for example. I'm going to blog while I'm going to WordCamp Europe this summer. Uh, or maybe you think that your anonymization scheme is, is close enough. In reality, 
part of this is really, really complicated and really, really messy. And I can tell you that working for an agency where we're doing GDPR work internally and externally, it's hard and it's frustrating. And you need to call on the experts if you don't think you understand it. So do you feel that people are actually going to go and start blocking EU traffic just because of the fact that they don't want to um, have to deal with this? I think what will probably happen, if I had to guess, I talked about the big four a couple of times. The big four will probably have some complex, stupid patchwork scheme where they like collect data on Americans, but not EU citizens. But then if I log into Facebook, for example, while I'm in, uh, while I'm in France, all of a sudden, now does my data officially get processed as GDPR? There's some weird like gray areas yeah. because the minute I'm in the EU or the minute I'm a member of the EU, right? As a, as a residence or as a visitor, I technically have my data now certified and processed by GDPR. There's a lot of use cases here that we don't really know until the laws actually get tested and people start suing. Or even just a VPN, right? I mean, if you right, connect yes. VPN to be able to watch TV over in the UK or some or some type of EU place, it's that that's going to be interesting. And yeah, there's no the, way for them to determine your location. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I mean, I personally am going to be testing this as a user of the internet, and I'm going to be asking for my data that is being collected about me to these services. I want to know, um, and I'm also going to personally be using VPNs. Uh, through the EU and try to like find out like what the difference is because this is important. We need to understand, and I don't think we have clarity from any of these services quite yet. And I'd recommend that we try and we, we poke and we prod and we understand as much as we can. Um, I'm gonna go really quickly through this, but these are some of the rights about GDPR, right to portability, right to rectification, right to object, right to profiling or know about profiling, right to be forgotten. So if you're Ron Swanson, you can say erase all pictures of Ron and you should be just like Will Smith, and you should be able to wipe everything out. Um, data protection officers matter. You should know about this. Uh, explicit consent is really complicated, and we need to actually, as designers and companies, understand this stuff. Uh, and this is what Russell was talking about earlier. This is where it gets really messy. This is a modal with a whole scroll box, and it's got a next box, but you can't have automatic yeses. You may need to have a yes double click twice, and then that needs to be stored as a local session, but only for a limited period of time. It gets really, really weird and wild, and I have no idea how Facebook, for example, is going to do this, or Google is going to do this. Like That's going to be really, really hard to be able for them to offer their core services uh, unless they change their model, which is going to be interesting. So this is the part that I think matters the most in terms of how to deliver on that TLDR. Wow. Um, there's also this other part about breaches. So if you don't have data, you don't have to worry. If you, no one can steal things that you don't have. At the same time, if you do have things, you need to make sure that when you have a leak, you report to a certain amount of, uh, within a certain amount of time, and you actually have the right amount of information in that breach, uh, breach notification. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier about some changes to data types. You know, understand your data, ride a unicorn. Um, otherwise, the lawyers will come after you. Uh, understand whether you're a controller or a processor. So, for example, uh, Facebook is both a controller of its own data. It's also a processor of data that, may, that might be like pixels. Um, understanding your agreements with these is really, really critical. Uh, and also, like if your core business is data or your core business is customers and you use that data in a way that is sensitive, you're going to have to train your entire staff. At least you should. You really, really should about how data is managed because otherwise you're opening yourself up to a can of worms. If you're a developer, you need to escape and sanitize all of your functions whenever you're touching a database or touching data. Uh, you need to be sure you're using SSL on every one of your websites. You need to be using encrypted databases. You need to understand how your APIs work. 
all this stuff is complicated, but it's really not that hard. It's just planning and scaling and, and having a process to be able to understand this stuff. Um, we at XWP are doing a lot of stuff around publishers. We're talking a, a bit about consents and uh, and profiles uh, uh, profiles of subscriptions. Uh, we're understanding about how contests work. We're talking about newsletter submissions and ad tracking, which is a really big deal. If you don't know how ad tech works, like Google it. It is really complicated. It is really terrifying, but literally every ad network is currently scrambling as they should be because they collect too much data about people who visit the sites that you know do what they do. Um, so WordPress.org is doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, I mentioned here a few of the things that are going on. Um, there's a major privacy po policy builder that's coming into core as part of 4.9.6, 4.9.7. Uh, there are guidelines for admins that are currently in draft. I'm part of the, this whole web of things, uh, as is Heather Burns, who's uh, the, the major legal consult at Automatic. Uh, there's a bunch of other people, too, uh, who are doing some really cool stuff. If you're part of the make.wordpress world of things, there's a channel called GDPR Compliance. Um, and I also want to call this out because people aren't paying attention. But this is more important than Gutenberg. Stop what you're doing and do this instead. <laughs> uh, really, everyone, stop. <laughs> uh, there's a GitHub repo that has stuff. And I'm going to show you guys what that looks like. We've got a lot of things here going on. And we're keeping this up to date. So if you're afraid of track or if you're, you're not caught up yet, we actually have a place for you to get started to look at some of the stuff. Um, there are active contributions. You can open pull requests. This is a repo. You can contribute to this project in the same way that I'm doing for core, but maybe in a smaller, simpler way. Um, and the key next steps here is to, you know, we really need to think about what privacy means, uh, especially for us who are, who are Americans. I need to capitalize American on the slide. Uh, we also need to understand what data about us as citizens and users exists. And we need to actually probably ask every website to get rid of it which is really important as part of this, right? We need to change the narrative. But also, I want this to usher in a new era of the web. If you're a business, understand extraterritoriality, do, do some sort of audits, get SSL. Jesus Christ, get SSL. <laughs> Why sites don't have SSL, I don't know. SSL is not secure entirely, but it's definitely more secure than unsecure. So you should have SSL. If you don't have a privacy policy, get one, review it, understand it, and, and make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Um, but let's take this opportunity to actually discuss data, the way it's handled, the way it's collected, and let's let's actually help the people who are in this larger space and let's build trust in the web again. So yeah, that's, that's wow, all dude. That was that was the rushed version of this. Congrats, man! Uh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a blood pressure pill. Been <laughs> <laughs> hearing all wow. that. Oh yeah. my goodness! So much, so much information that we couldn't, we couldn't even uh, discuss it after. We're <laughs> you need to like an episode to discuss the slides, yeah, right? And, and I'm pretty much gonna end up having to do that. We're we're definitely gonna have to have some of you folks come back here uh, next week, and we're gonna have to have this type of discussion to really, really dive deeper into this. And you know, uh, I would love it if, um, if the the Matt Mullenwegs of the of the world would actually get up on stage and say we need to learn, you know. Um, GDPR deeply and really be able to talk about it this way instead of just saying, eh, Gutenberg, let's just do Gutenberg and that's it. I mean, <laughs> this sounds like a huge thing that we're all going to have to deal with in some, well, some way or another. And in, in, in all seriousness, I think Gutenberg is going to be an incredible project. By no means should I say, should we all stop and halt what we're doing there? I just think that if you are part of this scope where you might have a $20 million 
uh, bill coming in the mail. Well, not really the mail, because there's a lot of things for that to actually happen. <laughs> but if you are if you are even potentially vulnerable of that up to 4% bit, which I think is a lot of us, or if you have clients that might be, or you uh, can help someone not have this problem, part of this is open source custodians is that we can advocate for better stuff and we can teach people about cross-site scripting vulnerabilities. Uh, a tool that I just discovered uh, as a result of that uh, Belfast talk that I mentioned, uh, WP scan. If you guys have ever run a WP scan on a site, I am terrified now. Like I have no idea how much people have actually bothered to understand the vulnerabilities that are in their plugins and themes. And we have some major concerns that are part of our ecosystem and we have to do things better. Um, I know that XWP, for example, we're talking about Tide and we, we helped build Tide for uh, as an open source project that got merged into core. And, Tide is going to be able to poke out some of these security vulnerabilities. You should not have this stuff in your code base. If you think that you don't understand what a plugin does, uninstall it. Like people don't realize that things like backup plugins that haven't been supported in five or six years probably have some issue that could be exploited by someone who's a bad agent. That's a thing that we have to worry about and inform our local communities and get people excited about. Dang. Well, Leo, thank you very much for taking the time to really explain this and, and everything. I, I, you know, for us to try to screw around and talk about it and laugh and joke about it while we're explaining this stuff on our normal normal type of episode of WP Water Cooler, I think we would definitely do a disservice. And it was really good for you to be able to sit down and really kind of explain this whole thing out to us. And I appreciate your time that you took in uh, doing this at our, our local uh, um, WordPress meetup as well. It was um, Steve said it was an eye opener, and he was he was deathly afraid of uh, even using the computer at this point. So he may he may go back to making flash games again. We'll see how that goes. So thank you I, uh, all very much for being on the show and hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. It's thirty minutes of GDPR to how we pulled that off, but we did. And, and congrats, Leo. Thank you very much. You guys go over to our website at slash subscribe where you can subscribe there. Yeah, Leo, what do you got? Just a heads up, I'm going to be open sourcing this deck as well, because you better believe I want everyone to use this information, to disseminate this information, to add to this, to correct where I've missed those holes. And I want our communities to do more out of this. And if you, uh, if you, Jason, want to do another follow-up on this, let me know. I'm more than happy definitely. to grab some time. I, I think we'll be picking this up again uh, next week, and we can uh, definitely have a, a good conversation about it. Thank you all for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.